Wealth Tactic Rebels, ingenious tactics to accumulate wealth for people who see things differently. Welcome to another discussion with Wealth Tactic Rebels, the podcast for people who see things differently. I'm your host, Kevin Dumont, and I have been thinking differently in the wealth field for going on nearly 15 years. Today, I'm joined by a lovely host, Danielle Roberts. Danielle, how are you today? I'm terrific. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad you're here today. I know it's maybe a little chillier than you're used to in your neck of the woods, (laughs) but I'm happy you're surviving the cold and joining us today. Thank you. Yes, it's very unusual to have temperatures in the 30s in Texas, but hey, all the computer technology is hooked up. That's all we need. So we're good. Right. That's all we need. So it's working for today. And so our Wealth Act Rebels can join us for our conversation today, which is demystifying Medicare. We're going to talk a little bit about what it is and how it might apply to you and a little bit about the cost that you can expect of it. And Well, I'm not really the expert on it. Danielle's the expert. So I'm going to let her really go in on it. But Danielle, before we get in on it too much, would you mind sharing with our listeners a little bit today about where you came from and what inspired you to uh, do what you do? Sure. So I was a person that went straight into a business job out of college, paying the student loan. And so I worked in the staffing field for about 10 years. And then I kind of got bored with that and I was looking for the kind of the next thing that I'd like to do. Mm. And I stumbled across an insurance interview. A friend of mine was going to a group interview and I had been thinking about what kinds of business I'd like to start. And I went and learned all about health insurance. And I really liked that concept for a business model because you get to help people which is important. Mm -hmm. So you get to go have your warm fuzzies at the end of the day when you did something good. But at the same time, you can earn very nice living at it. And it's something that's sustainable. You don't have to have products on the shelf or you don't have to have a warehouse with inventory. So I got into that back in 2004 is when I got my license. And I originally worked with people on doing group health insurance, helping Hmm. small business owners set up their coverage. And an interesting thing started to happen, which is that I would help a couple... They would get their plan set up for themselves and their family, maybe a couple of employees. And somewhere down the road, I would get a phone call from them saying, hey, you helped me with my health insurance. You know, my mom's turning 65 and going on Medicare. Do you know anything about that? Because I looked at this handbook and it doesn't make sense at all. None of this is easy. (laughs) You mean the government institution thing is confusing? What? I know. What a shocker, right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, when you have a lot on your plate with one type of business, at first you just think, well, you know, I'm not going to worry about that. So I don't specialize in that. And then it came to, okay, well, can I find someone that I can refer people to because I got the question several times. And eventually I came to the idea that, wow, people must really need this because Mm. people keep asking about it. So let's go see what is the big deal. Well, it's a huge deal. It's a huge national beast of a health insurance program with four parts, 10 supplements, and literally thousands of drug plan and supplemental options. No wonder people are confused (laughs) when they come off employer coverage. You know, your employer picks your insurance for you, your whole working life. Right, right. You might have an option between one or two things like a PPO and an HMO. But for the most part, they tell you what your insurance is going to be. And so I went into learning about Medicare. I went out and got a couple of designations. I dived in, getting appointed with with carriers and just studied it for a few months until I really felt like I knew what it was. And then we started offering those services. And 10,000 people a day are aging into Medicare right now. We have the baby boomer generation. So over time, the speed and the need for that just really picked up to where we stopped selling all the other products. I don't even work with group health anymore. We solely help people who are trying to transition into Medicare and, and make that big life change from employer coverage over to basically what is government coverage and trying to explain all of that in language Mm -hmm. that they understand. Right. Well, it sounds like there's a very big need for that. And it is definitely, I mean, I've worked in the insurance field for years myself. 
I know I say wealth overall, but insurance is part of that, right? Yeah. And I'm confused with it because you have to specialize in it, right? To really fully grasp it. Yeah. I, like a doctor would specialize in one thing, like a podiatrist or of course. You know, whatever. That's what I would say. Yeah. Most insurance agents pick a niche. Yeah. They do a couple of things or they might focus on just one thing, which is kind of route, the route that we've gone. So over the years, my brother and I, we just sold those policies ourselves in the beginning. And then we ended up needing help. And we hired someone. And today we have 57 employees wow. who work full-time explaining Medicare to people all around the nation. Mm. And so mm. we sell the supplemental product, which is where our moneymaker comes in. But most of our time is just spent trying to make it into something that people can understand, yeah. just taking what they're already getting from the government and explaining it. And it is confusing, right? Because we hear concepts like Medicaid and how is that different than Medicare? Right. When do I need to sign up for Medicare? And also, why should I care about that right now when I'm in my 30s and 40s? Right, right. And so, you know, we deal with a lot of questions like that from many people every day. Right. Well, let's get into that a little bit. Let's talk about what Medicare is and maybe a little bit about what it isn't. Sure. So Medicare is the federal government national health insurance program for people age 65 or older. So what that means is when you turn 65, you are eligible to sign up for health insurance that is provided by the federal government instead of or along with your employer group health coverage. Lots of people work past age 65 today. So Medicare can coordinate with your employer coverage. Or if you want to, you could leave your employer coverage if it's expensive and roll on over to Medicare. And of course, because it's an entitlement program, it's something that every American pays into. Or I should say most Americans. There's a small group of federal workers out there that don't pay into it. For the most part, we pay taxes our whole life into this program, but we never really know exactly what we're getting until we turn 65. And by then, it's often too late. People tend to think that Medicare is free. Maybe it's because when we think about national health care, we think of Canada or Britain, mm-hmm. where it's not free. They're paying for it in their taxes, right, but they don't right. pay anything at the time of their service. My husband's Canadian. He goes to the doctor. There's no deductible, no copay. Right. Well, there's that's not how Medicare works. Right, right. Although we do pay taxes into it during our working years, when you actually enroll, there's portions of it that you pay for. And then there's also cost sharing as you go along. And right. that shouldn't be too surprising because right now when we're under 65, we have copays and deductibles. Medicare has those same right, things right. as well. Right. So it's different than Medicaid and that Medicaid is for people who are low income and you can be any age to get Medicaid. Right, right. You could have Medicare and Medicaid together. But right. Medicare is the thing that mostly is for people 65 and older. Some people younger with a disability can qualify. Right, right. So probably a little bit of like that confusion there because Medicaid and Medicare sound like the same thing. Yeah. Maybe some people think it is and they know that people getting Medicare aren't necessarily paying Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where the confusion comes in. Yeah. It, it happens on other things too, like um, qualified plans, IRAs, 401ks. Sure. I know people get confused with those. Yeah. I'm glad you're doing this because there's a lack of information out there. So we're yeah, clarifying that now. <laughs> two big government programs. They both start with an M. You know, what yeah. the heck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought they did the same thing. They do yeah, not. So that's common. I heard you mention, hey, you know, you get questions sometimes. I'm 30. Why would I care about Medicare? Mm-hmm. So how does that apply to people? I mean, obviously, when you get older, like you're saying, hey, this is a way to help you get more coverage that you need, especially when you get into retirement, and you're not you're working years anymore. How does it apply to other people as well? Yeah, I love talking about it with younger people because it's so important for you to know about because the thing that I see day after day, mm-hmm. we encounter it all day long nationwide is people give us a call two days before they're eligible for Medicare. Right. And they've never done any research. They have no idea what they're getting into. And a lot of times 
so often they have not set aside enough money uh, in retirement mm. to account for what they're going to need for healthcare. Uh-huh. So it's really important for younger generations to know that even if someday we get this Medicare that exists today, right. and it's likely going to be somewhat different in the future and not in our benefit, mm-hmm. this is a program that costs a lot of money to run. And so sure. you really need to know that when you get there, it won't be free. You'll have premiums that you pay. Right. The average American spends about $145 a month on their Part B premium. Right. which sounds great compared to an Affordable Care Act plan, which might cost you 1200 yeah. when you're 50 to 64. Right, right. It's much, much more affordable. But so many people, more than 40% of people retire with just Social Security. Mm-hmm. And so when that's the case and the average Social Security check is $1,400, paying 144 out of that is a lot. Right, so in audiences like your listeners, obviously we care about money. We're planning for money. We're trying to put away wealth. We right. want to have a good retirement. So it's important that you factor in that piece. And something I've noticed that happens over the years is a lot of financial planners, they consider the healthcare piece a little taboo because it's uncomfortable to ask someone, how is your health? What is your medical usage? Do you need a lot of medical usage or do you just use a little bit? That's a topic that most financial planners don't want to explore. And so sometimes they skip the healthcare piece. And you need to be thinking as you go into Medicare, there's a study out from Fidelity that says the average 65-year-old will need approximate couple will need approximately $300,000 between them to Mm. pay for all the cost of healthcare and retirement. Well, a lot of people don't retire with $300,000 at all, let alone needing that just for the healthcare piece. And we have a number of great ways to save for our retirement here now in today's world. And we need to be thinking about those and setting some money aside that's specifically to pay for our healthcare when we get to retirement age. And it's really good to look at, hey, if I were going to be aging into Medicare now, what would it cost me? And what things don't Medicare cover? So for example, in our industry, there's long-term care insurance. Right. Long-term care is not something that is covered by Medicare. And we have a Facebook group with close to 6,000 members in it. And they're always asking the same question. I get this question almost every day. My mom Mm -hmm. has dementia. She just went into facility. Who do I call at Medicare to pay for this? There's no one that's going to pay for it. That is something that is not covered by Medicare at all. Right. It's only covering your health needs, not covering needs for you to have assisted living because you can't take care of yourself anymore. Right, right. So you need to understand what's going to be expected of you when you reach age 65 and older. And also there are some bills that floating around out there that would extend Medicare to people as young as age 50. So we might encounter it sooner than we think and knowledge is power. Right. Now that you mentioned that, let's talk a little bit about that part. Actually, before we go on to the where Medicare is going in the future, I just want to clarify one thing. You mentioned the long-term care, right? Mm-hmm. Can we clarify exactly what long-term care is? Because I think, yes. again, there's another area of confusion that sometimes people have where they think, oh, you know, if I go to the hospital and I need care for something, the insurance covers mm-hmm. me. And then if I need longer care, the insurance will continue to cover me. But that's not, yeah, not really not the, the case. case. That's long-term care. Yeah. So Medicare is going to take care of your inpatient and outpatient needs. It's going to pay for hospital stays for acute care. It's going to pay for surgeries and it's going to cover all the ordinary things that you think about preventive care, doctor's visits, lab works, anything that's medically necessary. Right, right. However, when you reach a stage that you can't live alone due to a health condition, right. the, the activities of the health condition living. is necessary, but the living is not the government's program. Right. They say, well, you can have your daughter take care of you. Right. Or you can <laughs> pay for your own coverage, you know. And so and if you don't have any of those things, then you could apply for Medicaid, which is that other coverage we talked about for people that are low income. 
Correct. If you exhaust all of your assets and you have very little money and income left over, then you might be able to get Medicaid to pay for a state bed somewhere in your state. You might not even be close to home. Correct. And nobody Correct. wants to be in that position. So long-term care is something we should plan for. More than one in two people will eventually need some form of long-term care. Yep. We all are going to have a day where we can't take care of ourselves anymore. Yep. And we need someone to help us with activities of daily living, like eating, bathing, dressing. And that's the part, the living in the facility or having a care worker in your home that Medicare doesn't cover that you need to plan for. Correct, correct. The activities of daily living is specifically what qualifies you for long-term care. Yes, that's right. So like my parents, they are in their late 60s, early 70s. And several years ago, we helped set them up with policies. I don't sell long-term care insurance, but being in the industry, Mm. I know a really good person. And she helped us with setting up their coverage so that they have five years of coverage. So when the time comes that they maybe can't care for themselves anymore, and the policy that we bought will pay for a care worker in their home or for them to go to a facility, they'll be able to choose. Right. And it's really important to have a plan for that because not everybody has children to help them make that decision. And instead of trying to save up all that money for long-term care, you could purchase a policy when you're younger and healthier. It will help you to pay for that someday if you need it. Right. And I think that's where that understanding what's going on with Medicare when you're younger comes in so you can plan for that because- That's right. I have Just realizing the difference. Correct. And I have seen that. I mean, long-term care- if you need it and you do haven't planned for it, it can be devastating to families. Yeah. It can cause them bankrupt to you. bankrupt exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah. Bankrupt them because they have to expend all of their assets before the government will help them. That's and right. then if you're on the Medicare and the government decides what care you get and where. Yeah. You know, and you're totally at their mercy. That's right. And again, not a good situation. I've seen it. It's difficult for families. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Now, talking about the planning. So let's talk a little bit about (laughs) where Medicare you see is going in the future. I know you mentioned about right now there's a bill called Medicare at 50, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've all probably heard about Medicare for All. That's the one that's really making the big news. Right. And I think that's right now it's a partisan thing. You've got that as one party is kind of thinking of the idea of Medicare for All. But the reality is that the current Medicare system is nothing like Medicare for All. The Medicare for All bill would not be expanding this current Medicare as it is. It would just be creating a single payer system like Canada has and where the government pays, Mm -hmm. the taxpayers pay, and people would have nothing out of pocket. So it's quite different than what we have for Medicare and We have 60 million people on Medicare. It is a beloved national program that met an extreme need when it was created in the 60s. You had people working into their 80s to try to maintain healthcare because there was no good insurance that you could buy afterward. And so that's how it came into being. But now when we have this healthcare reform topic that's been in the news for years in the US and we're still trying to fix that problem, there's some other bills that have come out. And one of the ones that has been proposed in one name or another a few times over Mm -hmm. the year. And this year, right now, the bill is called Medicare at 50. It's been proposed by a senator out of Michigan Mm. with a whole bunch of co-sponsors. And what this bill would do would be to extend the entry age of Medicare voluntarily to anyone age 50 or older. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I think this is one to watch or that might have some legs is that it would be actually just an extension of the current program, which is already working. There's some reform needed to keep it solvent, but we were able to successfully do that in the 80s. And I think that Congress will be able to successfully tackle that again at some point in the future. 
this Medicare at 50 bill would give someone that, let's just say you're somebody who is, you've had a late career job loss and now you're facing ageism in the workforce and you just can't get another job. And so what are you going to do for health insurance? Well, you might have a spouse that is working and doesn't have group health, so you can't add on to their coverage, but you don't, they make enough money that you can't qualify for a subsidy with the Affordable Care Act. Right. And so you're facing being uninsured. We now have a huge group of people age 50 to 64 that are uninsured out there. Right. This would take care of that by extending Medicare as a buy-in for those people. Right. right. So instead of making it free for everybody and every taxpayer pays in, this would be something where you could get a lot more affordable coverage by buying into Medicare mm. instead mm. of buying an individual health plan with a $6,000 deductible on the healthcare exchange. Yeah. So this would be really good. I think it would be a good meet in the middle type of thing. That something yeah. we might actually see happen after the next election. Whoever gets in office, someone will have to tackle this. And mm. people are often more comfortable with a little change as opposed to a big change. So we may see this bill get some legs here as we get closer to that big day next year. That's not a bad thing. And just thinking about it a little bit from my perspective in the wealth tactic planning, even if you weren't in a position where maybe your income was reduced for some reason, even if you had enough money to continue to buy through your job or individual Mm -hmm. health insurance, if this is less expensive... Yeah. One thing I see with a lot of people as they're getting older, now they're getting closer to retirement, they're around age 50, it starts becoming more of a concern. They want to plan more. So a lot of the people that we talk to are older. And if they haven't done a good job of planning for their retirement yet, they have some catch up to do. So -hmm. this could be a place where they could maybe reduce costs by not paying for the expensive health insurance through their Mm -hmm. job or individual, get the Medicare and use the additional funding to help catch up a little bit in funding for retirement. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if you can get into coverage that's cheaper now and that allows you to begin saving, right? it might be a wake-up call You know, when you have to make the selection like that. Right. Uh, you're buying into Medicare. Now you're going to be learning all about what Medicare costs, but you've got still 15 years before the average retirement age right. to do something about it, right. to take that step. And I often say to people, we do seminars and webinars about Medicare all the time. And I often say, I wish I had taught this class for you when you were 50, because I know that it comes as a shock to many people that Medicare is not not free. It does cost money. But the reality is that it costs far less than what the healthcare exchange plans often cost. And even what some small employer coverage might cost when you have an employer that's only chipping in 50% instead of 80%. Mm. So this would be a more affordable option for an enormous group of people and might just give them the knowledge and the motivation to start saving more for healthcare and retirement. Mm. Yep. Very good. I agree. So what other types of things do you see that commonly when people come into your office that they are unaware of when it comes to Medicare? Yeah. So the one thing that they need to know that it's not free, the other thing they're confused about is that it doesn't cover 100% of costs. Right. The biggest thing that comes as a shock is that Medicare only covers 80% of your outpatient needs. And the difference between Medicare and what you and I have now Mm -hmm. is For plans that are under age 65, we have a deductible and then we also have a stop loss. So your plan might be a $3,000 deductible, then it's 80-20 and the stop loss is $6,000. So if you spend $3,000 and then you're 20%, you spend another $3,000 and you hit $6,000, now your health plan covers 100% of your costs up to $5 million or unlimited or whatever your plan is for the rest of that particular year. Medicare doesn't have that. So it pays 80% and you pay 20% forever without end. So imagine that something that falls under Part B is chemotherapy, radiation, dialysis, 
oxygen. We have a lot of people in America with breathing disorders, COPD, emphysema. That is incredibly expensive to treat. And if you are paying 20% on a fixed income, you know, you're not younger where you can maybe go out and work a few extra hours to get some overtime. Mm -hmm. You have to pay this and you have no end in sight. So a lot of them don't know that and they may only plan for just the Medicare piece, but you actually need to usually buy some supplemental coverage, which of course is the products that we sell. And to help you with paying that 20% and also paying some of the deductibles, there's different plans and there are some consumer driven options that are less expensive. And then there's some really full coverage options and they can sort of pick within the spectrum. But a lot of people are unprepared for the fact that it doesn't cover 100% of everything. Another thing about Medicare is it doesn't come with drug coverage. And Ah. that's because for 40 years, we had no outpatient drug coverage on Medicare. I had clients in 2005 spending $10,000, $15,000 a year on insulin. Wow. And now we have Part D, which is a pharmacy card. You pay Mm -hmm. extra for it, but it helps to reduce the expenses quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And it's important to know that if you just buy the basic original Medicare, you're not going to have that. Well, today right. we have things like oral chemotherapy. You could get a drug like Levic, which would cost you $5,000 a month. Wow. So it's really important for you to think about the drug piece as well. Make sure that you get some drug coverage. It's pretty inexpensive. There's lots of plans to choose from and yep. all states have kind of an inexpensive option. But yep. I guess where yep. I'm going with this, is the functioning is so different than what we're used to. So the best thing I could say is, you know, start your research as early as possible. Be planning for it. If you get to help a parent go through these fun Medicare Mm -hmm. decisions, it's actually quite educational. And then those people come into the decision for themselves later with a lot more knowledge too. True. And ask an expert. (laughs) Yes, yes. That's (laughs) the easiest thing, right? Just give us a call and we'll we'll figure it all out for you. (laughs) There we go. I agree. So before we close today, Daniela, I'm going to ask you for our Wealth Tactic Rebel Value Bomb. All right. So, you ready? I'm ready. That is, in your experience, what should our Wealth Tactic Rebel listeners look to avoid and what can they do about it? Okay. So, in keeping with our conversation, the main thing that you want to avoid is procrastinating this until the last minute. We have people all the time that are 64 and 360 days and they're going to be entering Medicare in five days and they're just now looking at it. The difference in that person and someone that starts at age 64 and gives themselves a year to plan and learn is night and day. And I'd love for you to be thinking about it at 50 like we talked about. But the main thing is don't go into it unprepared. Do your research early. Understand what it is you're facing and then work with your financial planner to come up with a plan for that. And what you can do about it is... One of the really neat savings vehicles that we have today that we maybe didn't have, say, 20 years ago, are health savings accounts. I have one of these for myself. You can get a high deductible health plan at work. A lot of employers offer them. It lowers your premium. It lowers their premium. But you can open this account and you can put money in it and you can save that up for a rainy day. And the money is goes in tax-free. It accumulates tax-free. And when you pull it out for medical, you don't pay any tax on that either. And right. why I like this for Medicare people is, let's say you maxed out your HSA account as a mm-hmm. married couple. You can put in, I think, 7050 or something like that right now per year. And mm-hmm. you did that every year for 20 years. And you use a little here and there, but maybe you're healthy and you didn't have to go into a lot of it. Well, when you turn 65, now mm. you can use that money to pay for your Medicare premiums, to pay for your co-pays, your deductibles, your co-insurance. You can pay for long-term care and you can pay for dental, vision, and hearing expenses, which mm. aren't covered by Medicare. So right. look into possibility of getting a health plan that would let you open an HSA and make that be your rainy day fund. That could definitely be a good tactic right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, fantastic. Thank you for helping with demystifying the Medicare today. 
You're welcome. I'm hoping a lot of our listeners today will find that useful. I mean, everyone's going there eventually. We're all getting older. We're not getting younger. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's the pits too, isn't it? <laughs> My it sure grandmother is. used to say, it's for the birds. Getting older is for the birds. <laughs> the birds, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Like our grandmother must have came from the same place because mine said the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I always remember that. <laughs> right. For the birds. So Danielle, anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today before we uh, close? If you are very excited by this incredibly fascinating and uh, attractive topic, you're welcome to head on over to the Boomer Benefits website. You could read more about it there. Absolutely. And we're going to put a link to your website and for however else you want our listeners to be able to reach out to you on our website, the wealthtacticrebels.com. So listeners, if you go out to wealthtacticrebels.com, go to the episodes page and look for the Demystifying Medicare episode with Danielle Roberts. Her information is going to be there. And Danielle, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with our listeners today. Yeah, my pleasure, Kevin. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure having you here. You've definitely brought a good quality conversation to the Wealth Ethic Rebels. And Wealth Ethic Rebels, thank you for joining us today and have a fantastic day. Want to really see things differently? Take our course in Genius Tactics 201, where we teach you all the wealth accumulating tactics with detailed real-life examples, see your progress with quizzes and a certificate of completion. For course details, visit WealthTacticRebels.com. Sign up today and start seeing things differently. This presentation is intended as informational only. Information presented does not consider your particular financial objectives, risk tolerance, time horizon, or other unique circumstances, and does not constitute a personalized recommendation or replace the advice of a financial, tax, or legal advisor or other qualified professionals. Do your own research and do not use the information of this presentation in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional. To the best of our ability, We provide content that is accurate as of the date of release. However, we give no assurance or guarantee regarding its accuracy, timeliness, completeness, or applicability. We assume no liability for the information of this and related presentations.